Welcome to Your Health, Stories from WinMed, a podcast produced by WinMed, the largest and most specialized hospital in the region. In this series of podcasts, you'll learn about the people and the services that you'll find at WinMed. This time, we're speaking with Dr. Michael Donetto, a specialist in allergy and immunology. Hello, thank you so much for having me today. I guess one of the first questions I'd like to know is, why are you an allergist? You know, thankfully, allergy was actually a required rotation during my internal medicine residency. So I was exposed to this subspecialty during my first year of residency. And if it weren't for that rotation, I'm not sure I would have known enough about this specialty to consider it. But thankfully, from that rotation, I was able to learn from some really great mentors at the Mayo Clinic Rochester Campus Allergy Division. A few things that I really appreciated included the wide variety of conditions we manage. Certainly, there are a number of allergic conditions as well as immunologic disorders that we help to treat. And the variety of the patient population coming from an internal medicine background, a lot of subspecialties have you focus on adults, whereas coming from allergy and immunology fellowship, you're able to treat adults and children, which I really enjoyed. Otherwise, I'd say personally, I actually received allergy shots for environmental allergies myself, and this really helped to improve my own allergy symptoms as a child and beyond. And frankly, I hope that I can help to provide some improvement in other patients' quality of life the same way that that allergist did for me. Probably gives your patients some, I guess, a little comfort to know that you kind of know what they're going through. I think having that Um, experience and kind of having worked through some of that in my own life, I think does give me a little bit of um, some context to help empathize with patients, which I do hope is helpful for them as I'm kind of talking through things with them. And allergies, there's really quite a range, isn't there, from just being an annoyance to really being life-threatening? Absolutely. You know, there's kind of a wide variety of allergic diseases. It could be as simple as itchy eyes, watery eyes, runny nose, sneezing, which, like you said, may fall more in that annoyance category. Even those symptoms, though, can be quite debilitating and cause significant symptoms that severely impair someone's quality of life and sometimes even make patients not want to go outdoors. And of course, being outdoors and getting exercise and things like that are, of course, things that we would want all patients to be able to engage in. Yeah, like you said, there's certainly a wide variety of presentations and risk associated with different allergic diseases. In terms of food allergies, we know there are kind of those top nine allergens that the um, government has actually provided legislation requiring different food manufacturing companies to include that labeling to say whether a food contains these products or may contain these products, process in a facility that um, contains those products. And among children, certainly peanut, tree nut, milk, egg are among the most common food allergies. Adult onset allergies, shellfish tends to be one of the more common ones, fish as well. Shellfish meaning things like shrimp, crab, lobster, fish meaning things like salmon, tuna, walleye, things like that. In terms of environmental allergies, springtime is a a tricky time for patients. We know springtime is when trees pollinate, and we know it's really those pollen proteins that lead to the allergic symptoms that we experience, whether it's itchy eyes, uh, runny nose, sneezing, things like that. Unfortunately, 
in folks with allergies, we know that their immune system is creating an allergic response to those pollen proteins, essentially. Thinking about common trees that can be implicated, those might include maple, birch tree, oak, among others. And then when we think about other seasons, we know in the summertime, that's really the season for grass pollination. And that tends to be the main kind of driver of allergy symptoms then. Whereas in the fall, really weeds, most notably ragweed, tends to be the main cause of allergy symptoms then. Is it possible to have a, an environmental allergy and maybe I've had it my whole life and I don't, maybe I don't even realize it's an allergy. Maybe I just think this is normal. Is that ever happen? Oh, that's a great question. Honestly, I'd say that happens fairly frequently. And I think a lot of these symptoms, because they can present as more of an annoyance, as you had mentioned, you know, it might be something that someone's just learned to live with or they reflexively take an over-the-counter treatment that's worked for them and maybe don't think much of it. Sometimes those symptoms can progress or become more irritating or more debilitating. But absolutely, I'd say in a number of folks, they deal with these symptoms for the majority of their childhood and then adulthood and only later down the line for different reasons undergo allergy testing and realize that they have an allergy. Okay, so let's say I've realized that, hmm, this might be an allergy. This might actually be something I don't have to live with. How do you, Dr. Donato and WinMed test me? And how do you treat my allergy? In terms of testing for environmental allergens, there are two main ways to do that. Each way is looking for the presence of these allergic antibodies to these different allergenic proteins. The first and I'd say preferred way would be through what we call skin testing. Essentially, we have folks um, do the skin testing on their back where one of our nurses will kind of prick their skin with a pollen protein containing solution to each of the allergens that we're testing for, which is a variety of trees, grasses, weeds, molds, dust mites, and corn pollen along with a few others, such as dust mite, cat, dog, and a few other animals. We let those skin tests sit for about 15 minutes before we'll go back and interpret them, looking for any areas of swelling. And those with a certain amount of swelling tell us that that patient does have allergic antibodies to those pollen proteins, whether it's a tree, grass, weed, or something else. This allows us to say what someone may be allergic to. There are certain medications which prevent skin testing from working appropriately, namely different antihistamines. And if someone's unable to discontinue a medication like that for five days before skin testing, that's when we would do the other form of allergy testing, which is blood testing, where we directly look for allergic antibodies in the blood to each of these same types of allergens. Regardless of whether patients undergo skin testing or blood testing, we'll then be able to know uh, what they have allergic antibodies to. And then it's my job to work with the patient and understand their symptoms to determine which of these allergens are most relevant to them. Based on that, we can then come up with the best treatment plan. Really for allergies, the three main pillars of treatment are allergy avoidance, medications, and allergy shots. How effective are these treatments? 
In terms of medications, there are some people that find this is really all they need and they really never need to see me again. For the minority of patients, they have more severe symptoms for which allergy shots may be more helpful. Among those patients receiving allergy shots, say there's roughly different a rule of thirds. Essentially, one-third of folks who receive allergy shots see 90 to 100% benefit with shots and don't need any further medications, at least for the duration of their allergy shot course. Whereas another third find kind of that 80 to 100% benefit with a combination of allergy shots plus those medications like allergy pills or nose sprays. And unfortunately, there is a final third of folks that don't find a significant benefit from allergy shots and rely on the relief from pills and sprays. And like I tell anyone who tests positive to any allergen, really the first pillar of allergy therapy is allergen avoidance. And if there's something that we can do to help avoid whatever may be triggering a patient's symptoms, that's certainly a low-cost, low-risk way to help improve someone's quality of life. Is there a difference between an intolerance and an allergy? Absolutely. I think this comes up most typically in the context of foods, in terms of food allergies and food intolerances. So when we think about a food allergy, that's really a very specific type of reaction to a food. And that's really a reaction that involves a combination of symptoms that can include lightheadedness, loss of consciousness, hives, which refers to itchy raised welts on the skin, itchy watery eyes, itchy nose, runny nose, lip, tongue, throat swelling, coughing, wheezing, vomiting, diarrhea. And these symptoms occur often within minutes, sometimes up to a couple hours after eating a food and occurs each time a food is eaten. Otherwise, these reactions, as you may imagine, can place patients at risk for full-body allergic reactions, also known as anaphylactic reactions, and require careful attention to avoid these foods at all times. And this is in contrast to a food intolerance, which can involve a variety of side effects related to a food, but are distinctly different from food allergies. One example would be a lactose intolerance. This is one of many types of intolerances which involve a difficulty digesting or breaking down a given food, most typically leading to gastrointestinal symptoms like bloating, abdominal pain, or diarrhea. Food intolerances, thankfully, are not placing patients at risk for those full-body allergic reactions, and more so, they're not life-threatening whatsoever. Okay, let's talk a little bit about asthma. Is asthma an allergy? I'd say asthma is what I describe as a lower airway form of allergy. When I say lower airway, that's really referring to the lungs kind of response to different allergens. And upper airway would be more so thinking about the nose and symptoms like itchy nose, runny nose, sneezing. Contrasting that with asthma, which really... Can might, you might think of that as more of a, a twitchy lung environment that can lead to coughing, chest tightness, shortness of breath, or wheezing. And that can be triggered by the same types of pollen proteins 
trees, grasses, or weeds, and can also be triggered by things like cold air, exercise, or viral infections most commonly. So I'd say there's a bit of an overlap between kind of allergic disease processes that can lead to asthma symptoms, but also non-allergic irritants that can lead to asthma symptoms, which is something we see with the nose as well. The best test we have to test for asthma is what we call spirometry. It's really a type of breathing test in which patients are breathing into a tube that's connected to a computer. And just a simple action of taking a deep breath in and breathing out as hard and fast as you can for as long as you can can tell us a lot of information about how well we're able to get air in and out. And this testing can help us understand someone's baseline breathing function as well as their breathing function when we give them different medications to either make their breathing a little bit easier or more difficult. Another test that can be really helpful is looking for evidence of allergic inflammation in the lungs by measuring a compound called nitric oxide. So I'd say these combination of tests plus the patient's clinical history along with their exam when we interview them and take a listen to their lungs is the most helpful way to test for asthma. From there, really inhalers are the most helpful way to, to treat asthma in that some people require only an as-needed or rescue inhaler, whereas other folks might have a little bit more allergic inflammation in their airways and require kind of a maintenance uh, once to twice daily inhaler treatment in addition to a rescue inhaler to help control their lung inflammation and help their symptoms improve and hopefully get them back to a, an excellent quality of life. What drew you to WinMed specifically other than it being a, a Mayo partner? As I was finishing up fellowship, looking around at different job opportunities, certainly the Mayo connection caught my eye. And one of the things that really stood out to me was how personable everyone was. It didn't really matter if it was someone at the, at the top of the administration hierarchy, so to speak, or someone elsewhere in the WinMed community. I think everyone has been very genuine and helpful. And I think one of the things that I've come to appreciate is how everyone continues to focus on the needs of the patient kind of coming first. And I think that may have something to do with a little bit of the Mayo connection. I think in addition to um, the interpersonal connections and the willingness to provide the best patient care, I think the administration side of me, um, as in my MBA side, quality improvement side, I think appreciated their willingness and openness and flexibility to adapt to a new specialty, a new service line, such as allergy, and kind of a willingness to be able to kind of provide a wide variety of resources that are required to run a really excellent allergy clinic. And I think the support from really all levels at WinMed has been really wonderful. And I think knowing that the support was in place coming into a place like WinMed was a big draw for me and I think has allowed us to set up the foundation for what I hope to be a really helpful and successful allergy immunology practice. I've been listening to this podcast for a while 
and I like you, and I think I may have allergies. So how do I make an appointment? You know, there's a couple main ways to get an appointment. We do take self-referrals, and what you could do is call WinMed in Decora at 563-382-2911 to request an appointment. Additionally, physicians are, of course, able to place referrals that they deem clinically appropriate and helpful, and you can certainly work with your primary care provider to place a referral if you'd prefer to do that as well. Dr. Michael Donetto, welcome to WinMed, and thank you for the time. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on today. Thank you for listening to Your Health, Stories from WinMed. Be on the lookout for more podcasts introducing you to the people and the services that you'll find at WinMed in Decorah. WinMed. Excellence lives here.